Okay, guys, welcome back to another episode of Redefine Fitness. I am your host, Kelsey Wells, and I'm in a great mood. I'm not going to lie. It's been a pretty good day. Um, I feel like I've got a little pep in my step for absolutely zero reason, and I like that. I like that a lot. Um, okay, okay, okay. So it's been a big week. My Women's Health Australia cover came out. Thank you guys so much for all of your love and support with that. Um, there are a lot of reflections and reflecting that went on back when I shot that, which was back in November and just since then, and with releasing it and all of it. And I actually was going to record the podcast today about said reflections and lessons and learnings, but all of a sudden I'm just feeling like we need to talk about something else. And that is the power of perspective. And I think I've mentioned the power of perspective a lot throughout all of the episodes, but I realized looking back today, like, I don't think I've dedicated an episode to this, which is insane. I mean, it's fundamental. It's a building block of my mind, my life, everything of all of ours, really, whether we want to acknowledge it or not. So perspective guys, um, this came to me because I was going to share about the cover, uh, experience and, um, as part of my cover for Women's Health Australia, who have been an incredible team to work with, by the way, so many things to them. Back back when they offered me to be on the cover, this I kind of found out, I think it was uh, September or October of 2022, I found out that I had been offered a cover, which is so huge. Um, the cover of Women's Health Australia has been at the top of my bucket list for a very long time. Um, second only to Women's Health UK and Women's Health US. So if you guys want to collectively manifest that for me, I'd appreciate it. Um, no, in all seriousness though, the editor-in-chief Liza is amazing and she really, her and I are in line with, um, you know, trying to dismantle the toxic pieces of diet culture and and all of that. And so we're very much in sync. And she, they do a digital issue along with their print issue. And as part of the digital issue, she asked me if I would write a letter to my younger self and share that with them. And I did. And it came out in the form of a poem. (laughs) Big shock, I'm sure. Um, I knew when she asked me to do this, that it was important. I think when I say that, I mean like for me personally, for my own personal journey, I'd said yes immediately. But after I said yes, I was like, shit. How? And every time I went to start to write this letter to my younger self, I panicked and I froze and it wouldn't come. And I talked so much to my love Ryan about this. And he was just like, it's going to come when it comes and don't stress and you'll figure it out. And, and he was absolutely right. Um, I meditated on it a lot. I had it in the front of my mind a lot. And I trusted that sometime between when she asked me and eight weeks later, when I was rocking up to set and we had to film it, that it would come to me. Um, the first half came probably halfway through that wait time. And then the second half, I actually finished it in my hotel room the night before. And it was a very beautiful experience for me and a very healing thing. And I shared that with them and they filmed it. Unfortunately, the audio, there was like a little problem with the mic. The audio sounds a little weird and I don't love the background music they chose. I feel like it's quite a dramatic edit, which yes, my content is deep and emotional and, um, so I understand why they made those decisions, but, um, 
I really wanted to come on the podcast and read you guys this letter without any like visual or audio distractions, just from my heart, um, as it was meant to be read. So this is a letter to my younger self. And I do want to say one more caveat. I wrote this and I told Ryan, I'm not sure if, if another woman hears this, I don't know how much someone else will relate, but I feel like most women can relate to a lot of pieces of this. Most humans can relate to a lot of pieces of this and the pieces that are more individual that maybe aren't as relatable technically they are in the feel of them and the weight of them because none of us go through this life without the heaviness and the hardships. So I hope that this can help you as you listen, feel not so alone. I hope that this helps you feel edified and validated and encouraged. Um, and yeah, I challenge you to go back through your own life and write a letter to your younger self as well. Um, because it was a really beautiful process for me. Okay. A letter to my younger self. Often I've wondered what I would say if I could sit with you for just one day. I've ached, even hungered to hold you close at 25, 16, or eight years old. Are there strands of truth that would always hold advice to avoid our worst mistakes Ways or words I might impart to ease our pains? From being bullied on the bus to friendship heartbreaks and betrayed trusts. Trying out for every team, failing each time you reached for a dream. The war with your body from such a young age, so covertly your self-loathing raged. The moments your allergy almost took your life, despite how carefully you tried. The torture inside your tender mind. What is wrong with me? You prayed and cried. Repressing so much within yourself, you wearied beneath the weight of that shelf. And then there was the day you died. The feeling of finding your whole life was a lie. Depression, darkness, numbness, and then you chose you could begin again. So much of what I now say and do, sharing hard-learned lessons and tearfully earned truths, is somehow both deeply directed towards and reverently in thanks to you and all the life you've lived, and all the hard we've been through. From growing up, scraped knees, messing up, being teased, picking yourself apart, anxiety, allergies, OCD, religious scrupulosity, and even becoming acquainted with grief. Much that we face is beyond our control, but the strings we can choose weave our most formative force. Perspective actions, the choices we make, and even amidst our greatest mistakes, I know your heart was in the right place. I now know there are wounds that time cannot mend. Yet I now see every experience as an integral thread, and if pulling out one would unravel it all, I would not change one single flaw. I would not spare you a single fall. And so, my beloved, to you I would say, I love you. Thank you. You are so brave. I would hold you close. I would validate that no, sometimes it's not okay, but there is beauty woven into even our heaviest, darkest days. You are loved. You are love. You are never in the way. You are you, and who you are, not one part, is by mistake. So dance, 
and sing and smile and play, savor the beauty and sit with the pain. Scream and cry and feel and flow, seek inward stillness. It's okay not to know. Do not be ashamed of the depth that you feel. Vulnerability shines brilliantly because it is real. Never hesitate when you're leading from love. Order a cake on a Wednesday that says happy just because. And in the moments you wonder how life could possibly work out when the bottom falls out and you're overwhelmed with fear and overcome with doubt, be still, breathe and feel because I promise it will. P.S. Ryan actually isn't too good to be true. And our son, he is perfect. They see you. They saved you. (sighs) Perspective. As I reread that poem, knowing that I wanted to share that today, everything else fell away. And I just wanted to focus in on the power of your perspective. It is the singular most formative force in your life. And it is one thing that you have complete control over. So much happens in life that is beyond our control. But think about that. I don't think life is fair. I don't think that every horrific thing happens for a reason. But the fact that in spite of and in the face of the darkness and the heavy things that you can't control, what do you hold? No one can take from you your perspective and the actions that you choose. You get to keep that always and in the face of all things. And the power of that shapes you. I really believe that it's true. You find what you look for. We've all heard a a million quotes that, you know, run something like your thoughts become your reality. And I didn't used to believe that. And I don't think I ever really understood that. But our whole lives are predicated upon the seeds that we plant in our mind. The lenses with which we see ourselves and our world and each other are colored by our perspective. The thing is, you don't have to be a born optimist. Okay. I don't think I, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. But the cool, cool thing is that positive psychology is very real. And I absolutely have had so much joy in studying uh, from, you know, Sue Langley and Sean Anker and these positive psychology pioneers who are really bringing to the forefront the science behind the fact that it's never too late to change your mind. You can learn how to be a more positive person. You can actually rewire your brain to think differently. 
and to see things in a more positive light. And as you do that, and as you do that work, the more it starts to work, the more positivity practices you put into place, the more positive things you're going to notice and recognize and see in your life and in the world. But how? Okay, so it's possible, right? It's possible. And I've spoken about this so much in the context of my own body and my own self-image and my own self-worth and how I used to see and think and about and speak to myself versus how I see and think about and speak to myself now and the massive contrast there. And I have tried to open up and take you guys along on the journey of how that was such a gradual process. But it's so beautiful to look back and realize that I have changed completely. If I was seeing in black and white, my world is now technicolor. And that is, that was achieved so gradually, almost imperceptibly. But looking back, it's the most brilliant contrast bold and beautiful. And you can have that too. And it extends far beyond just myself and my body. It spills into everything. It's helped me so much with my own anxiety. I began implementing positivity practices to help myself out. And I was blown away by the way that it can color even my day to day. And I want to be clear. I am not talking about toxic positivity. I am, I have never and would never tell you to ignore the hard things, to pretend you're okay when you're not. I hope that that's abundantly clear. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that and my belief with that. But really the bulk of this episode, I wanted to sit down and talk through with you the five keys to cultivating a more positive mindset that I have personally implemented in my life and found have worked the best. Again, you find what you look for. And as I intentionally and really got on a granular level and intentionally decided, okay, I'm going to be more positive. I'm going to be a more grateful human. When I got real intentional with that work, it was amazing how much more I all of a sudden saw in my life to be grateful for. Nothing had changed. Cir- changed Circumstances had not changed. There was nothing big that had shifted or there wasn't one. So often we get caught up in that I'll be happy when mindset, the most toxic thing ever. And we all understand that. You know, you can't think I'll be happy when I look a certain way. It's not how it works. And I've spoken about that in that context. But it's the same thing. I'll be happy when I have this car. I'll be happy when we get into the house. I'll be happy when I get a new job. I'll be happy when the- you can put a label on anything. But all that's ever doing is stealing your happiness now. And all there is, is right now. Quite literally, this present moment is all that there is. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. The next hour is not guaranteed. You do not know when your time is up here on this earth. Do not do yourself and your life the disservice of living, of pinning your happiness on the pretense of a future event that may or may not come. You're robbing yourself of everything because all there is is right now. On the other hand, 
if all there is, is this moment right now, then despite whatever extenuating circumstances, if you can find a ground of peace in your heart, if you can find and grasp something to be grateful for right now, consciously in this moment, then your life is grounded and peaceful and grateful. I feel like when that clicked for me, it changed everything. And so I set about to find more ways to be present, to be aware, to cultivate that on those, in those moments, more mindful moments in my day. And these are the five things that I want to share. So the first thing, the first key, if you will, that I love is having a morning mantra. And mine is very simple and it is the same every day. And it has been for years. Every single morning, when you very, very first wake up, before you grab your phone, before, it's kind of like this amazing, beautiful moment that I personally believe is like in between different states of consciousness, right? Your dream state and your waking state. And you, you're opening your eyes and you're a little bit groggy. And then all of a sudden you're like, what day is it? And everything, it's like this reality kind of snaps back into place in front of you. And you're like, okay, yeah, it's Wednesday. I got this on a day. I got to get up. I got to do this, do that, whatever. But in that tender, tender moment, when you're first grasping onto your first waking thoughts of the day, instead of reaching for your phone or diving into your mental to-do list, make that first conscious thought intentional. The mantra that I chose, which has been become the formative mantra of my life, every morning I wake up and I say, I am alive and I am grateful. I say it in my mind, I say it out loud, and I just sit there and I think on that for just a second before jumping into anything else. I am alive and I am grateful. And why did I choose that? Because those two truths hold. In the past three years, even on the toughest days, even through hard times, unexpected heartbreak, grief, anxiety, even through whatever I'm facing, those two things still hold true. I am alive and I am grateful. I'm grateful for the awareness that I'm alive and I'm grateful. I'm choosing that and I'm putting that out there. So that was key number one. Number two, and I've said it a million times, a gratitude journal. Okay. I prefer to do mine in the morning. I used to do it right away when I wake up. Now I do it after I meditate, but I jot down three things and I always begin at, I am grateful for, because I believe in the powerful mantra I am and what that that means on a much deeper level. But I write, I am grateful for, and I write something. Sometimes it's silly. Sometimes it's specific. Sometimes it's serious. Sometimes it's super broad. Sometimes it's a memory from the day before. Sometimes it's something happening that day. Um, anything from the way that my dog curls up in my lap to, you know, a childhood dream recognized. I mean, it could be anything, but writing a gratitude journal every day is one of the most proven and researched positivity practices that you can implement into your life. And it has such a huge positive ROI, return on investment. Okay. It will take hardly any of your time, none of your time. And it will return to you tenfold because when you are thinking 
and your mind is searching for things to be grateful for, you will start to see more things to be grateful for all throughout your day and in your life. So number two, gratitude journal. Number three, mindfulness. Now I put this as its own key because essentially as I set up these keys, mindfulness is the point of all of it, right? So what is mindfulness really? The definition of mindfulness is to bring yourself into the present moment. Meditation is probably the most popular mindfulness practice. It's beautiful. My meditation practice has transformed my life. I would go so far as to say it has saved my life and, or saved me from a life path that I didn't want. Um, but if you're not currently meditating and you are going to be honest with yourself and you're not making time for meditation right now, instead of giving you a spiel on why you should, I think I should do a whole other episode just on meditation and my experience with it, my beliefs with that. But all of that aside, another way that I try to be mindful every single day that has been huge is mindful eating. And this isn't even about um, intuitive eating, about what you're eating and when and how much and all of that. It's about when you eat, don't do anything else. Human beings, we have to eat food every day to stay alive. You are going to eat. So this is something, this is a way that you can incorporate mindfulness into your day without adding any more time to your to-do list. When you eat breakfast, lunch, dinner, a snack, a sip of coffee, put down your phone. Don't stand at the fridge or the kitchen counter. Sit down and eat. Time won't be lost. You're eating at your desk, working through lunch. Great. I don't care. Turn away from your computer, sit and eat. Don't do anything else. Taste your food, chew it, experience eating, mindful eating, having gratitude for the miracle of your body, for the food that you're eating. I don't care if it's a donut or if it's the most clean, simple, nutritious thing on the earth. Be mindful, enjoy it, taste it, have that experience. It's one of my favorite ways to be mindful. And it's also helped me repair my relationship with food and help me eliminate food guilt. I've reclaimed that space for myself. When I eat, it's not out of shame or out of calorie counting or stress. Even if you are counting your macros or whatever, it's the same principle. When you're eating, be mindful. So mindfulness, key number three, there's a million mindfulness practices. Those are two that I use and two that I would recommend to everyone. Key number four, embrace the downs. So again, I am not and never will be and never have been advocating for toxic positivity. I think it's funny when people misinterpret that because positivity never was meant to mean that everything's always good all the time. That's actually not the point at all. For me, cultivating a more positive perspective on my life has allowed me to understand that the dark side of me is no less worthy. The past versions of me that I was so hard on, they got me here. I want you to close your eyes and think of your younger self. Maybe you're a little girl. Maybe it's two years ago. Think of a version of yourself that you struggled with or struggle with. Look at her. 
love her. Even your darkest moments, even the moments where you behave in a way you're ashamed of, when you lose your temper, you lose your patience, you get lost in your emotions. It's okay. You are human. And the human experience is full of every emotion. And healing is not linear. And feeling the depth of all feelings is how we move through and grow and learn and heal. You can't just say, I'm going to embrace joy and love and light and peace. And I'm going to dismiss pain and anger and fear and sorrow. One cannot be without the other. How would we ever know what joy and peace felt like if we did not know what it feels like to be so low? Positivity does not mean you are immune or naive to the nighttime. It is knowing that the sun still exists and is still shining, even when you cannot see or feel it, even if that sunlight is not on your face. And when it comes to relationships, we cannot be afraid to share those darker pieces of ourselves with those who we hold closest. As Ryan and I journey through over 12 years of marriage and 15 years of loving each other and doing this life together, I've never known anything more powerful than being able to show him my darkest sides and allowing him into the corners of me that I was most scared of and allowing him to hold space for me and say, I see you. That's intimacy. And you have to do that for yourself. You are no less worthy, no matter what you've been through, what you're feeling. So embrace the downs. Embracing your downs is integral to creating a positive mindset and a more positive perspective on your life. When you begin to embrace them and accept that, it allows you to start to learn and draw lessons and move forward in healthier ways and take more positive actions. But if you pretend like they're not there, or if you only ever feel guilt and shame, you're going to be stuck. The last key is challenging negative thoughts. Do not believe everything that you think. It's that simple. I've spoken a lot here about the power of your perspective and how your perspective and your actions are 100% in your control always, all the time. But your thoughts aren't. Thoughts and emotions both, they come to us. They come into our minds. Thoughts come into our minds. Emotions flood into our hearts, our heads, 
whatever. And they just come and they just roll on in and we don't get to choose all the time. It's so interesting seeing Anderson grow up and start to feel, um, and think things and, and have these kinds of conversations with him, you know? And it's been so cathartic for me to look back again to my younger self and the struggles that I faced and the shame that I carried because of those. And I did feel like I had responsibility for everything that I thought. And that's not true. And that's not fair. When you are having a stream of negative thoughts, especially the what ifs, we all get the what ifs. Oh my God. Like what if, what if, what if negative, 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 and it just spirals until it's worst case, everything. And that used to be one of my toughest pieces of anxiety was the what if spirals. And then one day I realized I could flip those. What if it works out? What if I get the job? What if it's okay? What if they say yes? What if they say no, but it opens the door to an even greater opportunity for something that I can't see right now? What if I can? What if they do? What if it's a beautiful day, right? I mean, flip the script. Challenge your negative thoughts, especially when it comes to your own body. If your thought comes into your head and you put yourself down, challenge that. Why do you think that? What piece of cultural conditioning were you exposed to and did you absorb that is now conditioning you to have this self-limiting belief? Challenge it. Not everything you think is true. And your thoughts aren't you. You are the thinker of your thoughts. Your feelings aren't you. You are the feeler of your feelings. But you, the I that is in you, you get to choose your perspective. You get to choose your actions. And when you become intentional and do the work to make those more positive, you watch as your life transforms. I love you.